0: do your religious acting thing and when you're not working hard to bring reconciliation in your relationships so there's something that takes priority even over the worship of God and in order to honor God he says go bring restoration to relationships Go bring restoration in relationships. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 5 verse 9. He said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called sons of God. Now realize here, he didn't say peace keepers. He said peacemakers. There's a difference. There is a huge difference in being a peacemaker and a peacekeeper. Because peacekeepers often avoid confrontation just to keep peace. We got anybody like that? Oh man, no no confrontation. I just want to keep the peace. I just want to keep the peace in my house. And it's not a bad thing to be a, a peacekeeper. I mean, it's worse to be a troublemaker. But he doesn't say here in Matthew chapter 5 to be a peacekeeper. Don't just act like everything is okay, hoping that someday it'll get better. You walk in, husbands, you walk in, and your wife's slamming cabinets and throwing pots and pans and kicking the dog. And you know in your heart that it's because of you, but you just. Go out and cut the grass, hoping that, I don't want that confrontation. I don't want to talk about it. She'll get better. He said, don't just be the kind of people that's going to act like everything is all right. And just say, well, I don't want to fight. I don't want to have any obstacles. I don't want to go through a difficult time. Let's just be peacekeepers. But Jesus says that peacemaking is far better. Being a peacemaker as opposed to a peacekeeper. Because, and sometimes you have to, as a peacemaker, you have to embrace confrontation to make peace. I hate confrontation. Now, there's some people that thrive on it. You're, you are right now, you're thinking, man, the pastor is given me the authority to go make some peace. We'll talk about that in a little bit. But when Jesus said, go, he said, go, he said, go make peace. But you see, there's a great enemy and there's a great friend to peacemaking. The greatest enemy to peacemaking is a little five-letter word, pride, pride. The greatest friend to peacemaking is humility. If you show me a relationship that has tension, more than likely I will show you two prideful people. And you've got one person saying, I'm not going to apologize. I didn't do anything wrong. I don't have to say I'm sorry for this. And you know, being uh, in ministry um, 22 years, it is amazing. That every time that there's a relationship problem, whether it be with friends or or whether it be with uh, a marriage, every time that I I am never talking to the person who's at fault. I'm never talking to the person who's at fault. What are you saying? Because we all want to believe that we're right. We all want to believe that it was the other person. But we have to realize that sometimes, most of the time, that almost all the time. You ever heard there's two sides to every story? There's a little, there's enough fault for everybody to go around. And we have to own up to the fact that we're still part of the problem in some way. We have to own up to our part. Uh, I mean, the Bible says that if it's possible, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, do everything You can to stay at peace with those you love. If possible. So as far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. What is this saying? Maybe you've only done like one percent of the problem. But one percent is still a percent, right? And then now just a tip when you go to try to make peace, don't bring up percentages. Don't look at them and say, "Well, now you know I'm just one percent of this problem. You're ninety nine percent of it." But I want to, I want to apologize. But the point is, is that we are all wrong in some way. It could just be an attitude. It could be just um, the way that we handled a situation. And pride will say, "No, it's not me. It's you. I'm the victim." Why is that? Because it's Hard to see our own sin and our own pride in the mirror. But humility says, I do own part of this. That I have actually been wrong. And I'm going to be faithful before God and I'm going to humble myself. What happens when we humble ourselves? When we humble ourselves, we elevate the relationship above me. We understand and we realize that that relationship is more important than me being right. When we humble ourselves, we say that I love this person more than I love being right. Let me ask you a question. How much could God do in your heart if you would take out the pride and replace it with humility? How much... Could God do in your heart if you would take pride out and replace it with humility? And by humility we say, God, I want you to help me to elevate this relationship above everything else. I mean, God said it's more important than bringing praise. So what did he tell us to do? He said, go. Go and make it right again. So how do we, how do we apologize with integrity? I mean, there is a right way to apologize, and there is a wrong way to apologize. Anybody, had, anybody ever had somebody come apologize to you? And when they walked away, you're thinking, that wasn't an apology. It's awful quiet in here this morning. I should have put in the bulletin, wear steel-toed boots. Have you ever had that happen? Don't ever say, if I did anything to hurt you, I'm sorry. That's not an apology. Don't say, I'm sorry you feel that way, but... And I'm sorry that you got your feelings hurt, you big baby. That's not an apology. So how do we apologize with integrity? Let's talk about some specific things this morning. First, we need to admit to specific actions and attitudes. If you never take notes, this would be a good time to do it. Admit to specific actions and attitudes. Get specific. Why? Because there's something very healing when you say, here is what I did. I'm sorry that I yelled at you. I'm sorry that I lied. I'm sorry that I gave in to my own lustful desires. Be very specific in your apology. Some people want to say, but but I, I didn't do anything. I didn't do it. I didn't do anything. Sometimes some we need to apologize for not doing anything. There's two types of sin. We've heard there's sins of commission, sins that were committed, and there's sins of omission, things that we know that we should have done, but by not doing them, we actually sinned. And many relationships could be healed. There's many relationships that would be healed if we would just apologize specifically for what we did or what we didn't do. I'm sorry I didn't protect you. I'm sorry I neglected our relationship. I'm sorry I took you for granted. When we begin to think about and get specific, it allows that other person to know and to realize hey, they're taking this seriously. Secondly, don't make excuses. Don't make excuses. We've all done this. We want to justify our action, and we make excuses to do it. Well, if they wouldn't have done this, then I wouldn't have flew off the handle. Well, if they wouldn't have done this, or if they wouldn't have said that, or if they wouldn't have treated me this way, then I, and we begin to over and over and over make excuses. If you had been giving me the attention at home. If you wouldn't have been working so much. And the list just goes on and on and on. And we begin to make excuses as to why we have done the things to offend people that we have done. There's nothing more healing than for somebody owning up to what they've done wrong. Have you ever had your your, your child and they've done something and they just want to start giving you a list of excuses? And come on, we've all said it. I don't want to hear your excuses. Why? Because we want them to own up to what they've done wrong. We want them to realize that there are issues that need to be dealt with. But when someone is constantly making excuses and their list just goes on and on and on, don't make excuses in your apology. Own up. Own it. Thirdly, accept the consequences. Accept the consequences. If you do something to break someone's trust, don't get upset when they're slow to trust you again. God is a forgiving God, and I tell people all the time, you can get past your past, but sometimes your past, you're going to have consequences to your actions. If you go out and live beyond your means, and you just spend money all the time, there's going to be consequences to that. And you can get past that, but we have to understand, and we have to be willing to accept consequences. The teens aren't in here, but if they break curfew, if they do something that is displeasing to their parents, their parents don't stop loving them, but they sit down and talk to them and they say, listen, here's the consequences and there are things and people that we have offended in our life and there are consequences to that action but we have to be willing just to accept them and to move on and to know that we can get past it yeah that trust may not be there you ever had someone that that has broken your trust and, and you, when you go and, and you reconcile that relationship, uh, regardless of how holy we want to think we are, it still takes some time to build that trust back up. And as being the person who did the offending, we have to understand and realize, I just got to keep working at it. I have to show them that I'm trustworthy. I'm not upset because they don't completely trust me again because I wouldn't trust me either. Fourthly, change your behavior change your behavior too many times we do things that we believe and then we know we're wrong we go and we apologize but then the next time that we're put in that situation honey I'm sorry I yelled at you but then the very next time that it happens again and you yell again and then you're going saying honey I'm sorry I yelled at you and then it happens again, you get the point. We can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and over again and then just asking for forgiveness. Because at some point, that, that person is going to look at you and say, I accept your apology, but we have to change our behavior. If you say, I'm sorry that I yelled, then try not to yell again. Change your behavior, get help, get counseling, go to some anger management. Get around other Christians who will help you control that attitude, that anger, or whatever it may be. Get in a life group. My goal is to see how many times I can work a life group into one Sunday morning. Get around other Christians. Ask them to pray for you. Ask them to hold you accountable. Ask you to, to help walk with you through changing. Apologize, then change. Apologize, and then work to change the behavior. Lastly, what do we do? We ask for forgiveness. We ask for forgiveness. Don't just say "I'm sorry." Man, that's such a hard word to say, isn't it? I'm going to show my age. Anybody, you watch Happy Days? Come on, the Fonz. How many people remember that episode? thank you. Man, I feel the over 60 crowd just raised their hands. It makes me feel great. You guys even know who the Fonz is? She shook her head no. (laughs) Just bury me now. I told them Two weeks ago when I turned 46, I said, you know what? I used to try to act like that I wasn't old. I'm just beginning to embrace it. Somebody showed me a picture of the, the top of my head, gave me a mirror and held it up there. Oh, yeah, I'm losing it. One of these Sundays, I'm going to come in, and I'm just going to have it shaved slick. I'm look like JD sitting over there. But the Fonz. He was so cool, you know. He could just do that kind of stuff and hit the jukebox. Y'all need to go watch it. TV Land, okay? Netflix. We're gonna have a Happy Days reunion, Joni and Chachi. But he had done something wrong. But he could not do. He could not get out the words, sorry. He'd go, I'm. Because it's not in us. It's not natural. That's why it's so hard for people to come to Christ. Because it's not natural for us to admit that we're wrong. How many people, when you got ready to come to Christ, you had some second thoughts? And it may have took you a week or two or to finally say, God, I'm sorry. It took you a week or two to ask for forgiveness. But man. Do you remember? The moment that you finally gave it to him. Do you remember the relief? Do you remember the freedom? Why? Why? Because you see, our relationship with God there's something between us. There are things that we had done in our life to offend. And to go against his will for our life. And so you've got that thing between you and God. But when you finally get to the point that you say, I'm tired of carrying this weight. I'm tired of carrying this burden. I want to be set free. And you felt that freedom. You felt that release. And what if I told you. That there's some of you here this morning. That you're sitting here. And you have that same feeling. Not between you and God. But between you and another person. And deep down you know that you played a part. Because we all play a part. There's two sides to every story. And what if I told you that all you had to do to quit living with that burden was to go and ask for forgiveness. And that you could experience the same healing, the same joy that you felt, the same freedom that you felt when you gave your life to Christ. Why? Why? Because God created us to be in relationship with Him and relationship with each other. And the enemy wants to stop you from having a relationship with Him and from having a relationship with each other. just the way it works. That's His goal. And so what do we do? What do we do? Man, some of the most powerful words in the human language... I'm sorry I'm sorry forgive me I mean that's that's the heart of the gospel that's all God wants from us he said if it's possible live at peace with everyone how do we do that how do we live at peace with him God I'm sorry forgive me How do we live at peace with each other? Man, I'm sorry. Forgive me. I keep going back to, and I believe if you're going through something right now, no matter what it is, I am a strong believer that God does not waste anything, that things that happen in our life are to teach us a lesson. Teach us how to navigate through life. And this all started September 15th. When a young man came up and he said, i got to say something. And he talked about the, what he had in his heart. And the, how that he had lived in bondage because of unforgiveness. I'll tell a little bit more of that. Can I tell you, I went 10 years thinking that I had done nothing wrong. Acting as if I had done nothing wrong in the situation. But it all changed. When I realized that, hey, I played a part too. And as we went out to lunch and we sat in the car in front of our friend's house just talking I looked at him and I said I'm sorry and at that moment at that moment everything changed everything changed and if I could challenge you with one thing this morning it would be do not let your pride keep from having the relationship that God intends you to have. Why don't we follow Christ? Because we're prideful. I can do this on my own. I don't need you. Why do relationships with each other fail? Because we're prideful. But the Bible says if we will humble ourselves, humble ourselves, humble ourselves before God. We put that relationship above our wants and our deeds and our desires. And then we do the same thing on this level. We humble ourselves. I'm sorry. With every head bowed and every eye closed. You may be this morning and be saying, Pastor, have a relationship that's not where it needs to be. And I know that I'm either partially or completely at fault. Pastor, I want to do what's right. I want to apologize. I want to do my part. I want to believe God to bring healing to this situation. I'm not even going to ask you to raise your hand because I don't need to know. The Holy Spirit's already speaking to you. The Holy Spirit's already speaking to your heart. And you've got two choices. You can listen to the Holy Spirit or you can allow pride which is straight from the pit of hell to keep you from humbling yourself. and I'm going to pray and if the Holy Spirit speaking to you I'm going to ask you to pray as well and just ask God to help you humble yourself help you rectify this relationship that is strained because if your relationship with people aren't right your relationship with God isn't right about Wednesday night in our class. You can do all of these things in the name of Jesus. You can do all of these things but if you don't have love, if you have a relationship that's not right, it says you're like a clanging cymbal. You're just making a bunch of noise. God said fix it. So, as the Holy Spirit speaks, we're going to pray and then we're going to do something else. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your presence in this place. I'm believing for relationships that have been strained, maybe for weeks, maybe for years maybe for decades God just as we sing this morning when the holy spirit begins to move there can be freedom God i pray that those relationships in our lives that have been strained God that you will give us the strength to say i'm sorry you will give us the ability to realize that we played a part. And God, more than that, that you will allow us and open our eyes and our hearts to the attempt and the trick of the enemy who wants to do nothing but to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. God, help us to to call it and to see it as it is. Father, I'm praying this morning right now through the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we understand that it's not in us. It's not in us to say I'm sorry. It's not natural to admit that we're wrong. But God, I'm praying for something supernatural this morning in the lives of those who will listen. Spirit. God, don't let this be just another Sunday sermon. God, I'm believing that you're going to bring healing to relationships through the power, the supernatural power of your Spirit. Some of you may say this morning, my relationship with God is broken not walking intimately with Him. See, the heart of the gospel message is just simply that that God is a relational God. And that He sent His Son, Jesus, to reveal the heart of the Father to us. And so Jesus, who was without spot or blemish, He became sin for us on the cross. He died for our sin and He rose again. And he tells us that if we are faithful and if we will confess our sins, that he is faithful and he is just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You say, put that in in layman's terms for me, Pastor. He said, if you'll come to me and you'll say, I'm sorry. You'll come to me and ask for forgiveness. I'll forgive you. So if you realize that that deep in your heart, you know that you're not truly in a relationship with God. awesome you can do it right where you're sitting there's nothing in the bible that says you have to stand up and walk in front of a hundred people and cry and he said all you have to do is say father I'm sorry I'm sorry forgive me and that when you pray that prayer only forgives you, but He makes you new. He transforms you. So if that's you, we're going to pray. Not some special formula, it's just, God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Be Lord of my life. Dear Heavenly Father, I come before you this morning, and God, you see each and every heart. God, you know You know what we need before we even speak it, before we even admit it. God, for those who said, I'm not where I need to be, I don't have that relationship that I need to have. Father, I pray, forgive us, forgive us of our pride. Forgive us for thinking that we can navigate this life without you. God, I confess that you are Lord. And I believe that you sent your son to die on the cross for my sin. I believe that you rose again so that I could have victory and I could have a new life. Father, forgive me. God, make me new. God, fix my relationship. That thing that has become that has come between me and you. Be Lord of my life. God said, if you prayed that prayer, He said, if any man is in Christ, he's become a new Away, getting past your past, all things become new. If you prayed that prayer this morning, God has made you new. has taken place this morning from the first note that was played has all been setting up for what God wanted to do and wants to do in your life and this morning as we leave here say man I would much rather have to have people running the aisles. Sometimes we just need to take a moment, evaluate our lives and realize the tactics of the enemy and then have victory over them. Not through anything that we can do but through the supernatural power of God. How do you do that? We're going to close throwing this on him. I'm going to see how good he is. No. How do you do that? It's by listening to the Spirit of God. And I'm going to ask him to sing a course of that song that we sang. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Holy Spirit, live in my heart. Holy Spirit, speak to me. of that song that says, help me become more aware of your presence. When he sings that, I want you to cry out to God. Help me realize that you're with me. Help me realize that you will guide me into all truth. Give me the strength to say, I believe there's people gonna leave here today and you're gonna fix some relationships and I'm going to get messages that says the Holy Spirit has done something supernatural in your life.